Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels in 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. I'd like to welcome uh, to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am here with returning guest, uh, Victor Rojas, former, it's weird to say that, former play-by-play uh, announcer for the Angels. Victor, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, so like I said, former play-by-play announcer of the Angels. Are you used to to seeing that in print, hearing that when people say <laughs> it, or how do you? How do, in eleven years? Yeah, I know it's crazy that it, it was eleven years. Uh, no, I don't think it's really sunk in yet as far as the the whole former thing. Uh, but uh, I know it's part of what my name will be going forward as far as uh, in Southern California before it'll, it'll start with former uh, angels announcer, but uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. And uh, it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind over the last couple of days. Yeah. And, and to talk about that, obviously um, you left for, you know, a new job, the um, Frisco Rough Riders president and GM of yep. the AA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. So obviously closer to home for you, for people that don't know, you're in the Dallas area. Um, you know, how long has this been, uh, uh, not an option, but like had the idea of, of taking this route? Uh, well, it kind of just came to be uh, via text message with uh, Chuck Greenberg, who at one time was the managing general partner of the Texas Rangers. Uh, but he owns three minor league teams. He owns Frisco Rough Riders, Myrtle Beach Pelicans, and the uh, State College Spikes. And uh, he and I have become friendly over the last couple of years, just exchanging texts periodically. And I've kind of asked some questions, too, from a business perspective, uh, especially with the apparel business. And, uh, you know, we just became uh, close and, and friendly and uh, great dude. And uh, early November, he shot me a text <clears throat> asking me or telling me, not really asking me, telling me that there was going to be a, uh, an opportunity uh, in Frisco because his general manager just departed uh, to go outside of baseball and that, uh, you know, just to, to consider it and maybe we could talk about it. And uh, it didn't really evolve into much because he was waiting for the invitation for Major League Baseball um, with the whole new uh, the minor league system being changed out and 20 affiliates being dropped. Um, he was still waiting for that to happen like the first week of December. <clears throat> And once we got into December, we just kept having conversations. It was just, you know, just conversations that evolved into another conversation and kind of they were long. I mean, they, they were exhaustive and, uh, and, and certainly uh, and very detailed. But um, it was more about just kind of get to know each other, really in depth, get to know each other. And what I what I felt and what I wanted to do and and the like and really didn't get serious about it all until right around uh, New Year's Eve. I was, I was in Tennessee with the family. We had a call uh, right before New Year's 
and uh, spent about an hour on the phone then. And then right when I got home uh, that, that Sunday, Monday, we had another conversation. And by then we knew that uh, we were going to move forward with it. So, you know, obviously this is great for you personally because it is closer to home. With with the 2020 season being what it was and it's just being hectic for everyone and and for you, especially not knowing if you're going to be able to work or when you'll be able to work or or how, honestly, how you were going to be able to work. Did that like extra time at home with your family, with, your you know, obviously your two kids, your wife, did that kind of put a little more thought into it as far as like, you know what? Getting a job close to home where I'm not traveling as much is, is really going to be beneficial for myself. Well, it's something that had been in the back of my mind for uh, for a couple of years. And I, I thought about it and talked to several friends of mine in baseball and other GMs and uh, kind of expressed the interest of, of wanting to maybe pursue something that would be in a front office position that uh, if that meant I had to leave Texas to go somewhere else, but uh, I would be in a full time role and I could be at home. Um, that I would explore that. And, uh, you know, nothing really materialized. We had some conversations, but nothing serious. And then the Angels GM thing came about. And I think at that point, you know, already with my mindset being that I'm thinking about doing things more at home, uh, having gone through the process with the Angels, I, I think that that kind of really solidified my my ideal, whether it was uh, this past offseason or this current offseason or after my my contract runs out. Um, you know, there's, I, I didn't know what that was going to be. Uh, but I knew that, uh, that I wanted to do something that would keep me close to home. And then when, like I said, when Chuck called and, you know, as soon as he texted me and, and we had our first conversation, uh, it was exciting to, to think about the possibility of, of staying here in my backyard. And the question was going to be really from a financial standpoint, since the minor leagues, uh, they were coming off a season in which they didn't play any games. So they had no revenues coming in. Um, what Chuck really wanted to do and the ownership group wanted to do going into this year. And as I said, they didn't have to hire a GM. They already had somebody in Scott Burchett who had been there uh, for 15, 16 years. Um, and he could would have been perfect as a placeholder to, uh, to get through this year and then into the offseason and maybe going to the search uh, in the fall of 21. Um, but Chuck, I think through the conversations that we had, felt really confident about it. He liked the idea of being aggressive. And um, he talked it over with his group. And, um, you know, here I am. They, they decided to push more chips into the table and, and really kind of hit the ground running, uh, get some wind behind our sails going into 21. Hopefully we play some games right. and then really lay the groundwork for fall and then next spring going into a full slate of games in, in 22. And you mentioned it, too, about the GM interview process with the Angels. Is that something – you know, a GM of a major league team, is that something like if you look at Victor mm. Rojas in six, seven years, is that kind of a goal of yours? To, to I, I, really, I honestly don't know, Daniel. I, I mean, I'd like the idea of it. Um, you know, I, I've never, I, I guess I've always been of the mindset of you, you just never know, right? Uh, things change. Uh, priorities change. People change. Uh, circumstances change. Um, I'm, I'm at a place in my life now. My daughter's going to be, she is a senior. She's going to graduate in May. Uh, my second daughter, my oldest is married and expecting her first in March. Uh, so Maddie's going to graduate in May. She's going to go off to college in Phoenix. Tyler's a sophomore playing baseball this year. Um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. Um, you know, I signed a multi-year deal. So my, my plan and intention is to to honor that deal, but you know anything can happen. Uh, I've, I've, there's been a lot more play on me taking this job, me stepping away first, right. and me, me taking this job than I ever imagined. I never expected it to be as as big a deal as it has become. 
Um, maybe because uh, not that I, 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 I don't know, maybe that I, uh, I guess the word that I'm trying to say is not that I take anything away from my skill set. Uh, but I, I just feel like, you know, I was just a radio or a TV guy for the Angels. I, I didn't think it was going to be this big of a, a deal that I was walking away <laughs> from my family. Um, so that's that has shined the spotlight a little bit brighter on me. And, and maybe maybe it opens some doors. I'm looking at my LinkedIn profile over the last couple of days and the and the request for people to, to connect on there. All of a sudden, it's completely different than the group of you know twenty five hundred, three thousand that I had before, and right. um, and so I, you just never know. Uh, you never say never. You never turn down opportunities. I'm always willing to talk, but I'm I'm committed to Chuck Greenberg and this ownership group. I'm I'm happy where I'm at, and um, you know what the future holds. I have no idea. You know, as we all saw last year with the pandemic, and anything can happen, yeah. and anything can change on a dime. So you never know. You know, and, and one of the reasons why, too, I wanted to bring you on with everything going on is kind of to reminisce and, and, and kind of think about, you know, your angel, you know, like I said, 11 years with the angels. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna interview someone at some point, you know, but do you remember your interview for that job? Yeah. Way back. And, and yeah. I mean, take me take me through that. How, how, how did you feel going into it? Did you feel like you nailed it or, or you know? You, you're talking about the the broadcasting job, right? Yeah, broadcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Tim Mead, I was uh, I was at MLB Network. Tim Mead called me, and I honestly felt that because I had done uh, the show the night before um, that I, I thought maybe that I had said something. I've known Tim for since I was a kid. Since I was in eighth grade, yeah, yeah. and so um, I thought, oh, what did I say last night on the air? That's that was my mindset. Did I say something negative about the Angels? And he was just going to be a nice, typical diplomatic Tim Mead. Uh, nobody. He called and asked me if I'd be interested in talking to Artie Moreno about the the TV job, and which caught me off guard because uh, you know at MLB, you know people talk about the industry and stuff like that. The word had been that we had heard was that they were going to just use fill in announcers for the year because you know Roy passed away in March yeah. uh, or in uh, in January. The season was going to start in late March, early April. Um, that they were just going to use, use fill-in broadcasters for the year and then go into a full-fledged search. So when he called me and asked me if I was interested, I was flattered. And the first person I called was my dad. And I asked him uh, what he thought, considering I was already under contract with MLB Network. And he just said, and I'll never forget it, he said, if the owner, want, uh, if the owner of the team wants to talk to you, you go talk to the owner of a team. And so we flew out to Arizona and we stayed at the Marriott Buttes there in Tempe, right outside the left field. And I met with uh, with Artie and, and John Carpino and Dennis Cool and had a nice lunch meeting and spent a couple of hours there. I brought my family and, and my little kids with me. I figured I'd just make a little weekend vacation out of it. And by the time I walked back to the pool where my family was at, I knew that um, that they were going to offer a, a job. I, I didn't know it. I had a sense. I had a feeling that uh, that the interview went well. And, you know, they just asked me about me and how I how I viewed the game and what my idea or philosophy was of a broadcast. They knew me from my work on MLB Network. And, um, you know, they, they asked if I'd be interested in moving to Southern California. So I, I explained the ties to them that I had and, and the connection to the organization that I felt I had. And um, I texted, really, I sat down at the pool after I told Kim that, I think uh, I think they're going to make an offer. I texted Tim back saying, thank you so much for the opportunity. He said, uh, hang tight. I'm going to call you here in a few. And that's when I really knew that it was going to move forward. And it happened. I want to say that was a, a Friday. Uh, by Friday night, I knew that there was going to be some sort of an offer coming. And then by Saturday, it was pretty much done. It was really 
one phone call, two phone calls with Tim Mead, and it was a done deal. And so I had to fly back to New Jersey and then break the news to MLB Network on that Monday. And then Wednesday was my last show at the network. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it was kind of yesterday when you and Gooby started. And for me personally, and then obviously we're getting a lot of comments on here. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff like this, you know, great run. Thanks for, you know, everything. It just, you know, how has the fan outreach been since? Um, the news came out uh, of you, you know, obviously taking the, the next job. It's been cool. You know, you get the, t- the typical, you know, like anything else in our society today, you get the typical uh, two or three trolls that <laughs> they call you a traitor or whatever. You, you, you screwed us. Or, I don't know what that means, but, um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I stopped, you know, I have a saying, I won't say it on here, but uh, it has to do with opinions that everybody has one. Yeah. I can, so, I can see where that's going. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but I, I think it, it's been overwhelming. It really has. I was just talking to Roger Lodge earlier today and I said the same thing. I knew that the the press release when I put that out, not the press release, the uh, the tweet that I put out on Saturday uh, saying that it was time or whatever. I knew that I knew it would be a, a little bit of a ripple in the, you know, the Angels fan base, Orange County, SoCal area. I never I never imagined how big it would be. And maybe because Saturday was a slow news day. And so, you know, a broadcaster who under contract in his prime leaving a number two market is probably, you know, insanity. Uh, and that's probably why I got so, so much play. But um, I mean, the feedback has been tremendous and the, the, everyone's been wonderful, uh, whether Angel fans or otherwise. Um, and even more so when the news came out and the press release came out on Monday about the me take this job uh, in Frisco. Uh, again, everyone's been extremely positive about it. And, you know, everyone's been honest, you know, they're, they're bummed or whatever, they're upset, but they understand the reasoning behind it. And uh, look, it's not as if I'm left and uh, you know, I'm taking a job with the Dodgers. And then I can understand, you know, the, you know, the animosity. And I, I get that. Or if I'd left for another team or something like that. Um, but you know, heck there was, there were Ranger fans that were upset when I took the angel job. Um, uh, you know, I spent five years here in Texas and loved it, but I went to MLB network and I wasn't looking to go back into a team and I just got hired by the angels. And it's almost as if I turned my back on Ranger fans and it's, that wasn't the case. It's just circumstances happen. And sometimes you got to do what's best and what's in your best interest and as well as your families. So obviously you've seen some, uh, many, highlights you know as with your time with fox sports west like i have some of them here that yeah. came to mind i mean you know trout's debut you've seen three no hitters uh two cycles you know all of albert's obviously accomplishments through the year show yeah. a uh what do or it doesn't have to be on the list but is there any that kind of stands out first thing that when you think of looking back that's the first thing that you think of yeah i mean the two that stand out it's kind of one and one a really are the pools 600 and, and weavers no hitter it just uh um, I, I actually, those were one and one a until the, the Taylor Cole, Felix Pena, uh, combined no hitter. Cause yeah. I, someone asked me to rank them before that no hitter. And, you know, I think the impact of Jared being a homegrown product and Simi Valley, Long Beach state angels guy, you know, and, and doing it at home, it was just, it was like perfect. And Albert's 600th home run. It was cool because it took so long for, you know, I think he hit uh, 599 on Monday and then on Thursday, you know, it's, it's the anticipation of every single at bat, the rest of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday coming up against Irvin Santana uh, with the bases loaded. I thought that was pretty cool. But I mean, the greatest single moment I've ever experienced in my life in a ballpark 
was the combined no hitter with Taylor Cole and Felix Pena. There's no doubt about that. So um, that, that's just a magical moment that, uh, you know, Hollywood would screw that script up somehow. But uh, it was just uh, I'm, I'm glad it unfolded before our eyes. You know, and going back to that game, because that's obviously a game that I think every Angel fan can relate to, or at least, you know, that's the one thing that pops into their head first. You know, we were actually there, me and my buddy John and uh, my buddy Chris, and and I think it was around the seventh inning where we're kind of just chatting. We kind of lose track of what's going on, and then we kind of bump each other and say, hey, look, and then we all kind of just nod towards the scoreboard. Did you have any idea when what was going on or at what point did you realize what was going on? It was kind of like about the uh, the sixth inning or thereabouts. We had so many things going on right? Yeah, from a tribute perspective and – you know, looking back and highlights, it really the whole show was really Tyler Skaggs driven. And, you know, after guests and stuff like that, it's like finally, so we got to about the sixth inning of their bouts, we started to settle in and just looking at the Gooby. I'm like, this is, you know, is this really going to happen? You know, is this, is this on this night of all things? Um, and it played out that way. So, I mean, from the time Debbie threw that ceremonial first pitch to, to, you know, Renhifo falling down on a knee and I, I was going to kill him. I thought he bobbled the ball. I thought he was going to screw it up somehow. Um, but it was just uh, – it was a magical moment. And then just how things organically played out on the field with, you know, guys taking off their jerseys and putting it on the mound is just the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, it, it was something that was really special. Uh-huh. You know, like you mentioned, from, from the from – the, pre-game ceremonies to all the way through, uh, like you mentioned, the, the moment at the end of the game with all the players. Something else you did with the Angels also, and, um, you know, you obviously did a lot of the pre-game, whether it was an award or the, um, like, Hall of Fame induction, the Angels yeah. induction Hall of Fame, you know. Um, did you like that? Do you like the public speaking? Because it's like, you know, it's one thing when you're on the TV, but you're looking at a game and you don't see everyone looking back at you. But right. when you're in front of a stadium and people are in their seats and you are – the focus, you know, how, how, how was that? Did you like it? Is it something that you asked to do or they approached you to do uh, that? No, I think uh, that was, that was the organization that always asked me to do those, uh, those moments. And uh, I'm thankful that they thought enough of me to, to be the person down on the field doing that. And, you know, truth be told, I guess I've done enough television, radio and and public speaking where you you just kind of really following a script. And, And when you, when you look out and you see, uh, you know, a stadium uh, from the perspective that uh, where I'm standing from a podium, um, you know, you're really not looking at any one individual because you're just kind of, you know, scanning the seats, if you will. So I, I think when you get into trouble and I tell my kids all the time with public speaking and stuff like that, the one thing that you always try to do is never look at anybody in their eyes. Uh, just look at the, look at the top of their head and uh, it looks like you're looking at them. Um, because I think what happens sometimes is that from a public speaking standpoint, the minute you lock eyes with somebody or you see somebody's eyes, you could see the emotion or a reaction that maybe you don't like. And that throws you off of what you are actually supposed to be doing. So the key is to kind of just stick and move as quickly as possible uh, without locking eyes because, you know, it could, it could throw you off. Now, there's people that could are really good at it and it doesn't matter. And they could go in a different direction because they saw someone's reaction and, and feed off of that. And I think those are incredibly talented people, but um, no, the honor of being able to stand out there and call out all the former angels and uh, especially in hall of fame ceremonies is just, uh, 
It was amazing, especially uh, we did what, uh, the 50th anniversary. Uh, oh, yeah. It's crazy. It was 10 years ago. This is the 60th anniversary of the ball club this year. So it's, a, it's crazy to think that was 10 years ago um, that, uh, you know, all the guests that we had up in the booth after doing the on-field thing. It's just it's been uh, it's been a fun run. No, there's no doubt about that. I have no regrets uh, uh, other than I wish we would have won a little bit and partied a little bit more together. But um, it wasn't meant to be. You know, you talk about in the booth or people are talking about you in the booth and they kind of appreciate the honesty, you know, this one right here, especially pretty much the honesty and not being so kind of homer driven. And I agree with that completely. You know, something messed up, kind of like you were saying with the evil thing. If he bobbled that, that's something that you're going to obviously not be happy about. Right. Um, but, you know, in your mind when you're there, you know, is that kind of a, a thought like, hey, I can't lean, you know, too much you know ball club heavy like you kind of still have to placate to the fans but also yeah. be true to yourself no i never i never thought about that i guess the only time i really did was um you know if i did a national game uh when i did the playoff series milwaukee and arizona because you do have to play down the middle and and just call the game and and be down just straight down the middle and uh and it doesn't matter because uh, yeah, yeah because uh you Milwaukee wins the first two and Diamondbacks fans thinks you're a Brewers fan. And all of a sudden go to Arizona, the Diamondbacks win those two there and uh, the Brewers fans hate you. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, I, I've, I've always just kind of been of the mindset of uh, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be honest with you. And I, I continue to say this and it, it becomes factual, even more factual as, as the days go by is the fact that, uh, fans today are more educated than they've ever been. Uh, they they have access to all the same information that we do. Uh, you can't you can't really lie to them on the air, or, and if you do, it's kind of on you. And so, I've always been a believer of just uh, just being honest. Uh, I think as a as an angel broadcaster, I, clearly I want the angels to win. Um, but if they're you know booting the ball around, it needs to be called out, or it needs, needs to be addressed in a proper manner. If someone's not hustling. Um, I think that needs to be called out as well because I think there's an expectation. I think when you're in the big leagues, you should play the game a certain way. And I think from uh, from our from a fan base perspective, whether angels or otherwise, I think I think fans have an expectation of the product that they pay to see. Uh, and uh, when it's not at a hundred percent, I think I think it deserves to be criticized to uh, to a certain extent. And so. Um, you know, we saw a lot of that last year, right? Because of the way the team was playing and, you know, a number of circuits last year's last year's hard because it's like with the pandemic and so many variables that go into it, it just, it just never, it never felt right. 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 For the, for, for the angels anyway. And it just snowballed until you know, the brief little run they had in late August, early September, about 10 days. Uh, and then, and then reality set back in. But um, yeah, I just always felt like if, if I'm going to, I'm going to lose my job. You know, this is the most objective. It's the most objective business ever, right? Because Artie at any point can wake up and say, eh, I don't like Victor's ties. I'm going to change. Or I don't like the sound of his voice. I'm going to change. That's just the nature of the business. It's subjective. It's completely subjective. Um, but I, I've always felt that if I'm, if I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it being true to myself. And if I'm true to myself, I'm being true to the fan base and the listeners and that's kind of how I've always looked at it. So uh, I never once had uh, one comment from anybody from, from a fun office perspective. 
uh, from a player, coach, manager perspective. I'm sure they maybe thought it, uh, but they they never said anything to me about it. And I always made sure that if I did say something that was in that gray area uh, on a night, you know, during a night broadcast, that that because I, I I have a memory of an elephant. Unfortunately for me, I don't forget many things, and and that's another story. But um, I. I'm, I'm cognizant of the things that I say on the air. I know what I'm saying. I know in the manner I'm saying it, I understand the tone in which I'm, I'm relaying the message. And so if there was ever a time that I felt like, okay, I know that I, you know, I, I zung somebody there. I, I, I always made sure that the next day I was in the dugout as they came out for BP and that I stood at the top step and they saw me, everyone saw me. And so that if anybody had an issue with it, feel free to step up and, and say something and uh, never had one instance um, from a player manager perspective um, do that. I did have Artie call me one time we were in Cleveland and it was a game. Um, I think we we're at home and uh, Alberto Cayaspo, like he grounded out and he, he did the jog down the first baseline. And that really, I don't remember the the genesis of the game uh, or the situation, but that really just it pissed me off to no end. And I said something, and you know something. It's not that hard to run ninety feet, you know, at, at full speed, even if you know you're going to be out. And I remember already calling me uh, in Cleveland when I was in the hotel, and he he uh, he basically I thought I was going to get in trouble for something as usual. When the owner calls you, you're always worried about it. Uh, but he, he said he wanted to thank me for, for basically saying what I felt and what I was thinking that same at that moment. And I thought that was really cool of him. He didn't have to do that. Um, but that's really the only instance ever that, that, that ever came up. Obviously too. I don't, I don't think I can go without saying, um, I don't know which one's Batman and which one's Robin or who's slash and, um, uh, uh, who was a slash and Axel Rose. Oh, Rose, exactly. Uh, Mark Gubas, uh, your uh, running mate. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that was a lot of fun seeing you guys, yeah. listening to your guys, you know, joke around, having a laugh. What are something that you're going to miss, you know, especially from him, uh, you know, now that you're not up going to be up there with him uh, for games? Because the conversations, really, I mean, it's just uh, he's like a brother to me. And, uh, and uh, you know, we – we talked about anything and everything and, and spent a lot of time together, both uh, at home and on the road, on the road, especially um, yeah. we drove together to the ballpark and did the game, drove back, hung out at the bar afterwards. There wasn't a night we didn't go out um, and, and shot the breeze at a bar and, and just, you know, just talking life and baseball and whatever came to mind. It didn't matter. Uh, playoff basketball was on. We talked about that and I just enjoyed his company. He's just a great guy. And, great family man and uh, learned a lot from him. And uh, that's the, that's really the biggest thing that I'll miss uh, other than, you know, being able to call games for the fan base that, uh, that I love so dearly. So uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate the time has come. He's still bumming hard, but uh, it's not like we're ever going to lose touch. So uh, that's a good thing. That's, you know, that's good too. Like you mentioned, like a brotherhood and that that came across because, you know, you guys were never uptight. You guys can play off each other as far as jokes, and, and and no one ever seemed to take it too serious or anything like that. And that was a lot of fun too. As you know, I, you know, as a person that sees you guys, hears you guys every night, it's almost like you know, hey, I'm part of the conversation because you know, you guys can be talking about something you that happened yesterday, and because I watched or you know whatever, I, I'm in on it. Yeah, and that was that was just a lot of fun, and um, 
you that know, was always our intention too, by the way. Yeah. And, and, we spoke, we didn't speak about it specifically, but you know, it, it takes a while to develop a rapport, no matter if you had a relationship with the person before or otherwise. And I did have a relationship with Mark. I knew him, uh, but you know, broadcasting is different, right? Cause there's nuances that go into, uh, a game broadcast, uh, the back and forth, the, the dead time, uh, reads, production stuff, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so it takes a little while to develop that a true on camera or on air chemistry. Um, but we, we made a determination early on. I'm like, we're just going to do this for ourselves. We're going to have fun and we're going to make it, you know, free flowing and easy. And if we laugh, we laugh. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be clammed up by somebody who's sitting in an ivory tower somewhere you know, thinking what, what a broadcast should sound like or look, right. I, I didn't, I didn't care. I just wanted to do, I want to have fun, man. And it's baseball for Christ's sake. We're not, we're not curing cancer. It's, <laughs> it's freaking baseball. And, and you, sh- you should have fun at a ballpark. And, and I made sure that we did that. And at least we tried to. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you felt that way because that was our intention. We wanted you to feel like you were just sitting in on a conversation at a bar between the two of us. And oh, by the way, there happens to be a major league game going on. Right, exactly. And that, that was the f- best part. It's always kind of like I worked my schedule, you know, seven o'clock game, West Coast. Okay, cool. Boom, got to get home, got to do this. Okay, seven o'clock. You know, if you're in Texas, five o'clock. Okay, cool. As soon as I get home, turn it on. I'll worry about all the stuff afterwards. And it was just like, for me, and I'm sure a lot of fans, I was, it was an appointment television, not only because it was the team you root for and the players you root for, but the right. kind of camaraderie you felt you had with uh, you and Gooby in, in the, in the box as the game's playing out. Um, obviously another thing that you, you are very, very involved in is uh, you can see it right over uh, behind your head, that big fly. Um, how is that going? How, um, you know, how is that going? I think it's been, what, three years now strong? and, and Two years. We haven't even, actually, February 10th will be two years. It's crazy. It only feels like 10 years. <laughs> I, know, three, I thought it was three. But, no. uh, but yeah, it seems like it's, it's been around for a while. How's it going? And, and any, you Good. know, any, any, any new stuff down, down the line? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been going well. It's been, uh, it's been an amazing couple of months. Matter of fact, uh, um, Bill Shaken had uh, reached out to me in early December about an article and about the business. And, you know, I thought with the winter meetings going on, I didn't see it, you know, for a couple of days and we were already on the back end of black Friday. And usually in December, it's, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. It kind of rolls downward from a sales perspective. And uh, I thought that he was either was going to put it off for later or whatever. And all of a sudden it came out and we got a huge bump because of that and it kind of uh, opened up a lot of people's eyes to what what we've been doing and then uh Mario Solis was kind enough that he called me and wanted to do a zoom and all of a sudden uh it's like a week later uh it was Wednesday it was a Wednesday night I was sitting on my couch watching TV with my wife and it's about 8 30 here and all of a sudden you know random order comes in I'm like oh and also another order. And then I look on, you know, I have a, the app for the store and I can see how many people. And so all of a sudden there's like 250 people on the store. I'm like, I said, I wonder if, I wonder if they finally played that Mario Solis interview. And sure enough, it, Rogan, Fred Rogan had run it on the, like a small version of it on the air. And so that opened things up and we ended up having our best month ever that, that day, that, that night of the Fred Rogan thing, that was our biggest day ever. Oh, and wow. the month of December has been our biggest month to date. And we, and somehow we continue to roll it into, uh, into uh, January, which is great. We just, 
released a couple of new uh, new additions. Really, I didn't release anything new, but we added a, a, a Millville Media Raglan, uh, the Bells logo, which is our tribute to uh, women in in professional baseball and softball. We added a Raglan for that, and then we also added a red kids version of the Millville Meteor uh, as well. But we've got a we've got a Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Senior, uh, the back to back home runs uh, that's coming out soon. Uh, for pre-order. And then we're working on a bunch of different things. I might even do, um, I've got an idea for a 60th anniversary angels uh, t-shirt. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, kind of an honor of, I'm not even going to say it. I'll just, wait till we do it. I don't want to, I want to break That's what you get. That's, 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 that's a, that's a professional tease right there. Um, Victor, I, I can't thank you enough uh, for taking time out with me. And this is not our first conversation. This is, you know, obviously something that, uh, I feel fortunate enough to be able to reach out to you and say, hey, I know, you know, stuff's kind of crazy. Man. Is there a way you can fit me in? And, and you've always been very positive and very open to that. And as a guy that's just, you know, a fan, a guy that just, like I said, literally just gets home, has dinner and then turns on the game and sees you there. Um, I want to thank you very much as a, like I said, just a strict angel fan, because that's what I am. You know, I'm not a media guy. I'm not a, a paper guy. I'm just a dude that knows how to push play on a, on a computer and, and, and talk. So well, I, Daniel, I think, I think this is, uh, I think individuals like yourself are what baseball needs. Uh, I think uh, uh, the fact that you love your team and love the game itself, uh, I think that's what we need more of and be able to grow it a little bit more. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that in my, my new role that I, I can kind of reach out into the community, especially into the amateur side of things and, and be able to kind of showcase the game of baseball to young fans and start developing that fan base again and diversify it a little bit more so so that we get people to fall back in love with the game of baseball. And forget the business side because it's going to be there. But the, the game of baseball and, and the incredible talent that we see on display, whether it's at the amateur level, collegially, uh, or in the minor leagues or at the big leagues, I think it deserves to be showcased and talked about more so than the business side of things and because uh, I think that really turns a lot of people off. But what you do and what a lot of bloggers and writers and uh, people with YouTube shows do, I think it's a positive for baseball and it's a, a perfect way to, 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 to continue to grow the sport. And uh, anytime I can help out, uh, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to sit and talk with you uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, it's been an honor. Thank you, Victor, again. And I guess uh, I'm going to do this since, you know, uh, you've been telling us all this time. I'm going to tell you to drive home safely, even though you're home. <laughs> I'm going to tell you to I, so I'm I'm gonna drive myself day. right to the couch with my uh, my Tito's and, uh, and watch some, uh, some TV. There you go. So I'm going to tell you drive home safely because after all these years, uh, hearing it from you, I just feel like it's appropriate for me to uh, <laughs> say it to you. And, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you, man. My pleasure. It's, it's uh, great getting to know you and uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The football playoffs are in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season, from spreads and totals to team player and coaches' props. Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than any other place online. Just head over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is promo code Armchair. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So that was our interview or my interview with um, Victor Rojas, obviously the former play-by-play announcer of the Angels. Um, and I, I mentioned it in the interview, you know, I can't thank him enough um, taking time out and, and, and talking with us here at the All Angels podcast. Um, a great guy, you know, he kind of mentioned in the interview about trolls here and there, giving her two cents in about this and that. And, you know, obviously when we posted this interview we, I'm not going to say we got a lot of it. We had a couple things here and there about it. But, you know, who he is on TV and you might not like how he does his play-by-play or you don't, you know, you have an idea of a certain way of how things should be done, which is fine. Um, but I can tell you as talking to him, not only in this kind of an interview in front of people or, or you know, on mic, on screen, um, but talking to him away from that you know, through text messages and, and, um, you know, after we stopped rolling and just kind of the, the support, you know, I think the biggest thing is the support he gives when, um, he doesn't need to, there's sometimes we, we talk to interview guys and when we say thanks a lot uh, for coming on and, and we stop the recording they're they out, they, they don't, they don't sit around and, and, and chat it up for a little bit. And it's like, okay, you got my, you know, 45 minutes or 30 minute interview. Okay. I'm out. He was he's never like that. He's always the guy that you tell him, uh, you know, um, we'll probably go 30 minutes. He's like, okay, great. And then when he goes 45 or 50 minutes, it's never like, oh, you, you know, you told me you're only going 30. He's always very open with his time. And I, and I want to thank him again. Uh, sucks seeing him leave, but I'm happy for him as an individual, obviously, uh, being close to home and, and going through this opportunity. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode of the All Angels podcast. Again, thank you very much, Victor Rojas. We are, uh, Moving ahead, we'll, we'll we'll see what comes out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's some things going on that uh, we hope to uh, get out to or to you guys um, soon. So hopefully some good news. Um, but until then, we'll see how everything plays out. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, again, we we uh, we like to thank all the fans out there for listening and and making this fun and making this worth doing, uh, making this a distraction from everyday life. Uh, turn on the mic, everything else kind of goes away and you're able to talk to guys, um, like Chris, like Johnny, like Victor, like Gooby, you know, uh, we're lucky enough to talk to these guys when two, three years ago, we would be just fortunate and, and feel happy if they retweeted something. Um, so thank you fans for, for, for sticking around and hanging out with us. Um, so Uh, Until the next All Angels podcast, I am Daniel Garcia, and we will talk to you later. 